Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, and he's back. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer with us. He'll explain what that all means. He's an award-winning, best-selling author all with his book, Evidence of Eternity, Never Letting Go as well. His websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Tonight we're going to be talking with him about near-death experiences, haunted real estate listings, and deathbed visions. Mark, welcome back to the program. Thanks, George. It's great to be here. It's always good to see you at these events that we always go to, too. You were just a superb individual with uh, just a a lot of charisma. I like meeting you. You're you're fun. Well, thanks, George. And I always enjoy when we're on stage together. We have such a great time. So you're the psychic lawyer. For those who are brand new to the program and they keep joining, what's that? Well, you know, it's funny because the media branded me that. And um, I'm a, I was born a psychic medium. This is something that runs in my family, both my parents and I had grandparents and great uncles and people going back four generations that have been able to perceive spirits. And, you know, I grew up, uh, I was aged like about three and a half when I first started communicating with, uh, with spirits. And it was just sort of a normal thing in our house. And as I got older, I decided to go to law school, and then it just started intensifying. And then when I um, went on my first lecture tour, One Never Letting Go came out, the media branded me the psychic lawyer, and it stuck. So, you know, people think they're polar opposites, but they're really not, George, because both jobs focus on evidence. Attorneys have to produce evidence to prove their case. And as a psychic medium, I have to produce verifiable facts and evidence transmitted to me from spirits to verify the identity and authenticity uh, of the spirit in the contact. And even more importantly is that both jobs are about helping people. Um, you know, lawyers for, and believe me, I've heard every lawyer joke, and when you're the psychic lawyer, you're even more jokes. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the fact of the matter is, um, lawyers are there to help people who are in you know various legal difficulties, and certainly as a medium, my job is to help people cope with the loss of a loved one by facilitating communication between between the the loved ones here and loved ones in spirit on the other side. And you have argued before the uh, United States Supreme Court, haven't you? Well, I'm I'm licensed to practice before the U.S. Supreme Court, and I have argued several appeals. But um, uh, I, I have not actually argued a case before the U.S. Supreme Court, only because uh, the, the cases that I handled all seem to be resolved prior to getting to that point. But it's still something that I don't rule out. You are a medium as well. You communicate with spirits of people of all walks of life, basically. But a lot of them have been murdered. Tell me about this. Well, because of my my background as an attorney, in fact, yesterday I did a reading for a family uh, where where uh, this this woman's son um, had been brutally murdered, and people come to me, and the spirits um, of people who've been murdered will come forward, and um, they'll start transmitting all types of of information to me. Um, Something very interesting happened. Uh, since we're on coast to coast, i got to tell this one. And you can uh, get away with it on this program. I, I can get away with it. I was doing a reading for the, this woman um, a couple of months ago, and her spirit, um, the spirit of her son came through. And he, he was, I mean, it was a horrible murder. 
I was like three guys involved, and they just, just really, I don't even want to de- describe the details. And uh, the main culprit, um, he'd been arrested, and his trial was coming up. Well, I, I didn't know that his trial was coming up, but during the, the reading, the spirit of her son steps aside, and this other spirit comes forward, and it's this woman holding an axe. And I kid you not, I said she keeps saying her name is Lizzie. Oh Lizzie. boy! <laughs> I know, I, you know, and the, and I go, this sounds really weird. And the client goes, Oh my God! And I go, So what? She goes, Well, recently I was doing some genealogy, and I discovered that I am a direct descendant of Lizzie Borden. And I'm like, No way! Okay. So then, in this this vision, the spirit with the axe, the woman goes up and starts hacking apart a jack o' lantern and turns to me and says, justice will be done on Halloween. So I'm thinking, all right, this is about as weird as it gets. So I tell the lady this, and she says, well, that's very interesting because my son's murderer's trial starts October 31st. Weird. Yeah, it was real weird. And so I waited about a month after Halloween, and I called her, and I said, well, what happened? She goes, he got convicted on all counts. So I never had the spirit of a homicidal maniac come through to make anyone feel good before. So I guess there's a first time for everything. Which would you prefer, to deal with those who had been murdered or those who are the murderers? Well, um, what people need to understand is that even someone like Lizzie Borden or some some, uh, diabolical character, and, and in both my books I write about communicating with spirits of people who were murderers, it is my experience in over 15,000 readings that when somebody dies, what dies with them is the brain and the body, and the brain's part of the body, and the immortal spirit, which contains the memories of everything that um, we've done here in the material world, um, goes to the other side. And the spirit is free of physical and mental illnesses. So even like a homicidal maniac like a, like a Lizzie Borden, um, they're not evil on the other side. They're they aware of what they've done. And I've had people who, in this life, in the material world, our world, who have done some absolutely horrific things come forward. They're very contrite. They're aware of what they did. And in many instances, and, and I go into this very deeply in, uh, in my book, Never Letting Go, um, the spirit of a serial killer that, that murdered uh, this boy, I did a reading for his mother, came through in conjunction with the spirit of her son he was not evil over there but he was on a different frequency mm-hmm. than her son so it, it's actually quite complicated but um, just because people are evil in this world doesn't mean they're evil on the other side because they're not but it also means that you don't get away with anything uh, because karma never loses never loses an address on this side or on the other side. Do they show remorse on the other side? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have had people come through that that did absolutely horrific things, and then when I found out about the killer, um, what they were like in this world, and did a profile on them, found out that they were psychopaths, um, you know, which is an extreme form on the uh, of a sociopath that, that is devoid of love, devoid of compassion, yet the spirit is is love is compassion is is selflessness and the spirit that retains the residual memories 
of what somebody did here in this world is able to reflect upon that, and they are always, always very sorry about the things that they've done here. There was a study that uh, came out uh, about a month and a half ago that talked about the possibility of consciousness existing after the body has died, and that some people actually realize, for a moment at least, that they are dead uh, something we've talked about all the time, but science is beginning to say, oh my God, people, when they physically die, still realize that they're gone. That's true. And it's funny, George, for, for you and I, this is like stuff we talk about at dinner. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's funny, whenever I'm uh, with friends of mine that are mediums and we're out at lunch or something, we'll be talking shop, and we realize people at the tables around us are like, oh my God. You know, but the thing is, um, you and I, and I remember the first time we met, had to be, gosh, I don't know, 10, 10 15 years ago, um, and we were having that discussion, um, uh, we were sitting on a panel, and we were having the discussion that science eventually will be able to prove what people of faith, what mediums have known all along, is that consciousness uh, survives physical death, and we're beginning to see, we're on the threshold now, because it's, um, I know we're going to talk about near-death experiences uh, shortly, and NDEs, um, which led to survival of consciousness studies, that the soul, the spirit, the identity of a person lives on beyond the physical body. But now we're getting quantum physicists who are saying that eternal life and the soul does not violate the laws of physics when we look at it from an energy standpoint. In other words, energy either being created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. And uh, even uh, Dr. Michio Kaku, one of the uh, originators of uh, string theory. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, he said that uh, uh, he's come out, and, and several others have as well, that uh, it's not incompatible, that consciousness is an energy field which stays coherent after the death of the host, which would be the body slash the brain. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.